Welcome back to Black Valor. I'm your host, Jamie M. Parks. I have the long-promised interview with Master Sergeant Jerome Bazemore. What I will do is break this down into three podcast episodes. It's a pretty long interview, but well worth listening to. If you want to download the full version, I will place that on the website, and you can go there and download it directly. But for the podcast, it will be in three separate parts. So just sit back and listen to the podcast. Thank you for letting me interview Jamie M. Parks with Black Fowler, and I'm talking with Jerome Bazemore, Master Sergeant, retired recently out of the U.S. Air Force. And uh, again, thank you for just filling me in on some of the things you experienced while you were serving. And I will just have a few questions for you, for our listeners. Um, I want to go back and say, what were you doing before you joined the service, and kind of what led you to join the service? Oh, thank you for asking. No one's really asked me that question before. Uh, yeah, I'm from a little suburb outside of Dallas, Texas. And before I came in the Air Force, my dad is, I'm a military brat. My dad did 20 years as a POL troop, fuels leak, you know, fuel specialist. I guess in the Air Force called them fuel leaks or POL troops, which stood for, and I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what it POL stood for and, and other, other things. The running joke it was called painting odd jobs and landscaping. But <laughs> it really stood for petroleum, oils, and lubricants. And he retired in 89. And you know how kids are. If you're, yeah, most kids that I've run into, you want to be like dad or mom. And since my dad did 20 years in the Air Force, I wanted to do it as well. And I even wanted to be a fuel troop like he was. He'd take me up to the squadron all the time. And I get to see how fun it was for them. Most people who serve in the military end up being a giant brotherhood and or family. Because it's not, cause we, it's, heck, we have both genders in the Air Force, too, but I've run into some ladies that, heck, I'd fight for them just like they were my family, too. Right. Just because you had their brother-sister relationship and a brother-brother relationship. It just ends up being that way because nowadays it's all-volunteer service, unlike the draft that, you know, our parents had to deal with. Right. But, yeah, sorry, to answer the question, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a true story, I used to be... And I'm laughing as I say this, but I used to work in Captain D's as one of the line cooks. Okay. I wasn't the chef, I wasn't anything. I was the guy that was in the back making salads and uh, cooking the fish and making the coleslaw and all kind of stuff. But the day I knew I needed to join the military is, it's a funny story, it's a story within a story, I guess. <laughs> the night I, I, I had to quit the job because it was Sunday afternoon and it was all you can eat. Country style fish, <laughs> and it was me and another guy in the back um, making dinner. And that Sunday we had a line. I guess it looked like two Greyhound buses had just pulled up and dropped off all the senior citizens in the area for their Sunday afternoon gathering in Captain D's. It was so bad. We didn't. <laughs> every seat was filled, and we still had eyeballs coming up to the register. <laughs> And we had run out of salads. Because I remember that being there that morning and had to do all the salad prep and everything. And you would cry making coleslaw because it had to be made like at 40 <laughs> degrees and you had to put this giant glove on. It went all the way up from your fingertips to your armpit. 
and you had to mix that stuff by hand. <laughs> and in Texas, you got to stand like 100 plus outside, and now I'm mixing this coleslaw by hand. It's 40 degrees. I'm in the freezer on top. Oh, you, you be in there crying. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm running back, and we're running out of salads going forward to where I, we're running out of salads. And we were down to the last two. So I told a lady, I can't remember her name to this day, it's been over 20 years. I said, hey, stop, you know, let people know that we don't have any more salads. I don't have time to keep the line stocked and keep running, making salads. Right. And then, you know, keeping taking care of what's going on. She goes, okay, got it. So we sell the last two salads. And lo and behold, I'm doing what I'm doing. She turns around and she goes, hey, I need another salad. <laughs> I, said, I told you, stop selling these salads. And she goes, and she quit talking to quiet hush. She goes, the guy just stole the salad. You know, and I'm like, what? So as I'm talking, I guess he had overheard her. So now he starts getting loud and belligerent. I didn't steal no. I'm not going to cuss, but I'm going to call your radio station. I didn't steal no salad. And meanwhile, this fool is steady eating. <laughs> the salad he's talking to me like got lettuce hanging out of his mouth he's eating the radish and the tomatoes just running down his chin and he and she's like I told him it didn't come with the meal I put it up here with somebody else and he just reached over and grabbed it that's right I thought it came with the meal I ain't stealing <laughs> I guess I didn't know I had that bucket of sludge back then but uh yeah I had to I guess to retell that story, just everything that happens to you that course of the day, most humans, we stuff it down within ourselves. And usually something down the road, something happens to tip that bucket over, and some people just on the receiving end of the sludge. You don't mean to do it, it just it just happens. Like, you know, your mom is mad at dad, and you get beat because you left your car on the stairs. You, know, you, you get everything that, you know, that's just one of those things that happen. So, I'm looking at this gentleman. I'm being cool. And I explained to him, I said, sir, you ordered, I remember like yesterday, sir, you ordered a two-piece fish and fries. It does not come with a salad. And he's steady, steadily chewing. <laughs> I thought I came with the meal. I didn't steal no salad. And, and then they said those words that you don't you don't want to hear. You, <laughs> so now he's cussing me out. And then he said, if you have a problem with it, bring your blankety-blank around here. We can do something about it. My manager, his name was Eugene. He's about five, five seven, five eight. At the time, I had graduated from high school and I was working in the summer trying to figure out what I wanted to do. That's where I was in, in life. I was trying to school. I was trying to decide if I wanted to go to the Terry County Junior College because I decided if I was going to go to school. Or what, I was looking for my niche. I was trying to find something to do with my life. And I really hadn't decided on the military time yet. But this is what helped the decision was now I'm arguing with this fool over a 50 cent salad, maybe, you know, and the manager is holding on to my apron, and he had his real, he had a high-pitched voice and a southern accent, which really don't go together, because <laughs> he'd be like, Jerome, don't go out there, Jerome, don't go out there, I'm sorry, <laughs> and I'm getting mad, I'm trying to keep myself calm, but he's still steady talking trash, and now he's scared the lady in the front, so I start undoing my apron. And now Eugene is holding on to the back of, uh, I guess the best way to describe it without sounding weird, is he was holding on to my belt in, right. in the back. And I'm like dragging him across the floor. Yeah. And he's like walking backwards, I'm walking forward, and he's just like something out of cartoons. His feet were slipping. Yeah. And I'm just, I, got, I had to do something because he had called me out, you know. And I remember it like it was yesterday. 
I took that apron off and threw it up against the wall. And I hit that. We had that swinging door that swung both ways. I hit that swinging door and it, and it banged off the, the wall. And the dude is in mid-sentence. Did it, you know, I guess he went posturing for a fight. That's the best right. way to, to describe it. He's like, you know, doing that little boxer half-hop right. thing, you know, and bouncing around, getting loud and belligerent. I hit that, that door bounced off that wall and I was in stride right behind it. And I looked at this dude and now he realized he, I guess he thought I was standing on something. Because <laughs> he could see me in, in the window. Right. And at the time I was like 6'1", almost 6'2". <laughs> and his little five I mean, he's about the same height as Eugene. He's about regular, about five seven, five eight. Right. And this dude is looking up at me now, and he he realized he had bit off, bitten off more than he could chew. <laughs> but he now he still got the same face. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like looking at this dude. I'm like, ah, I'm trying not to go to jail today. I'm really trying not to. And Eugene is looking at me. <laughs> he's like, please don't, please don't. <laughs> so I look, turn around, look at Eugene, and I said, you know what? The hell with this. Y'all keep it, and I quit. You know, right there, right. and just walked out in the parking lot, and just and got in the car, and, and never went back. Oh wow! This is on let's say a Thursday. I told my parents I wanted to join the Air Force. I think I was at the MEP station. Went to a recruiter, and I was at the MEP station like within a week. Wow! I had it, and that's why I retold that uh, bucket of sludge story. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. where you <laughs> with explanation. That's <laughs> okay. So, uh, how did your family react to your decision to join? Yeah, my dad was happy. Really, he was. And the funny thing, my mom thought I was going to mess to make my decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we had a failure to, <laughs> to communicate. <laughs> so my dad, uh, they both of them drove me up there on, let's say, a Friday. And, you know, they tell you to pack your little bag. Cause right. They'll keep you overnight, and then you can go home in the morning or whatever. No, I found out that same I, day. Exactly. I found out the same day. So I, oh, next thing I did that, you go through the whole, you know, do the doctor's exams. And, yes. And the strength test, that was funny, too. Um, I guess I fully didn't gauge how strong I was back then either, <laughs> because they told they put that little weight on the rack and said, yeah, what was it, 40 pounds over your Something head? Like Something that. like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was 40 pounds. Hey, I'm a Texan. You show off. All I remember doing was grabbing those handles, and I did one of them, like, power clean moves, and, yeah. went, and I'm not kidding, that thing came out the wall. <laughs> like, powder went everywhere, and the lady like, <laughs> the tenant come running up, what are you doing? I'm like, sorry. <laughs> she was like, you, you pass, let's go, go. <laughs> and, yeah. Where I was, where I was going, I guess, is I didn't know that I was all the way in until I'm standing there taking an oath of enlistment with a room full of people. Oh, okay. And they said, all right, let's go board the bus. What? <laughs> and, yeah, I thought, I, yeah, I was kidnapped pretty much. But they take your phone oh, yeah. and everything. You couldn't make a phone call. Next thing, I was in the Dallas hotel waiting to go to Lackland in San Antonio oh, I, the I, next morning. I know they called me that morning and asked my mother, like, where's your son at? He was supposed to ship out today. And they didn't say so. I had to just go, and then they, she met me at the airport before I left. For lack of well, at least you got that. Yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah, she, she had to go and buy stuff for me and bring everything right. there and meet me at the airport. Yeah, I never got to say bye to my. Man. Oh wow! So that's you just a, literally yeah, got I there just went, and got on the bus. Yeah, and, had no clue. 
No, I guess none of us did. We didn't fully gauge what was going to happen. Or you heard it, but you know you glazed over. Yeah. About that, yeah. So your mom has really been mad. Yeah, oh, she was pissed. <laughs> Can I say pissed? Yeah, she was pissed. To this day, she still is mad. Yeah, I keep, yeah, every time we talk about it, she punches me in the arm. She, she always had that funny big dummy. That's what she always said. Yeah. Anyway. So did you have any uh, memorable events as far as your training or you know, when you picked your first job, those kind of things? One thing I can remember the most about basic training is I always got in trouble for laughing. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> and the bad thing about it is my um, technical TI, the training instructor, would always set me up. Because we do, what's it called nowadays? We would join on each other and talk about each other. Oh, right. You know, do your mama jokes, the whole thing. Yeah. It was, he was young. He was a senior airman, and I guess we were his first flight, because he was still in training himself. Okay. It was so bad that he would march back. He would march our flight, but he would turn around back. I was a dorm chief, so I marched in the back. Okay. So he would turn around backwards, and, be, and he'd be march, walking backwards as we're marching forward, and we'd be going back and forth, your mama, so whatever. And the rule we had is I could, la- I could snicker, <laughs> but not out loud. Right. And this is a true story. I don't know how he did this to this day. I saw it, but I don't know how he did. But somebody way up there in, like, third or fourth row scratched his butt. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my T.I. looked at me, and he said, whoever that was who just scratched their blanket, give me my paperwork. I forgot that we were in a training environment, and there's certain rules to follow. (laughs) I busted the gut right there because from my vantage point, all I saw, because you know you're supposed to keep your eyes on the person, the back of the person's head in front of you. All I saw was this one hand go up with, with the paperwork in his hand, and I just lost it. Right there. And he was going, baseball, I want my paper. It was too late. I got, yeah, I got my 341 board, and this occurred every day. And... You try not to laugh, but it just, he, they catch people all the time doing stuff they have no business doing. Another true story, and the story, I guess, I keep doing segueing, I'm sorry. That's fine. Is, that's again, why I'm editing. Oh, yeah, I was a dorm chief, and you had your, what are those people called, the laundry person? Oh, I don't remember. I don't know exactly, but their job was to take care of the laundry. Yeah. And, you know, there's a mixture of all kind of flights down there. And I wasn't thinking about it either, but you have female laundry attendants as well. But a female trainee. Right. So he's down there, he's just talking to this girl. Back and forth. You know you're not supposed to be doing this anywhere yeah. basic training. Right. He's talking to this girl, and the night shift CQ TI was down there. And he just walks up to this guy. He's sitting down on the washing machine next to these two. And they're just they're going back and forth. She didn't even notice he was in there. And he just, as these two were conversating, he just steadily boxing, he steadily had the box of laundry detergent, and he's just pouring it out on the floor as these two are so involved in their conversation. I see what's so, coming. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he starts bawling them out, both of them. And now they're in trouble. Now they get, he calls up to our dorm, and me and first off, of course, this kid got fired. But me and and one of the other element leaders had two minutes to come downstairs and get all this laundry detergent up off the floor. Oh no! And 
this is where I got in trouble. I have a military bearing and all this stuff. When I hit that door, and sir, sir, uh, sir, based on reports was ordered, and he started yelling at us too. And we had to explain why this fool is down here talking to this female trainee, thinking about you have no explanation for this mess. I didn't even see this, you know. So, as I get the little broom in the dustpan, and me and the LM leader are hurrying up trying to sweep this stuff up, because no, he's got these two airmen, the female and the, my, uh, what am I, what's I'm looking for, brother trainees or whatever, what is it called? I don't know. One of my airmen out of my flight. And flight the, yeah. yeah. Well, he was in my flight. So yeah, brother. One of my, one of my airmen in, in my flight. And I don't even know who this female airman is. I guess she was in either one of the dorms upstairs. Or I don't know where she was. Baby flight. I don't remember keeping them close. There were no yeah. women there. Right? They were, oh, yeah, they were, they were in our, but they had, we had to separate. Oh, okay. So, we're picking up this laundry powder, <laughs> and like an idiot, I look at this dude, <laughs> and he had about one of the stupidest looks on his face, and I, I lost it, <laughs> and here we go again. Yeah. Oh, and I guess one, the best one, the best there's so many of them, but the best one is, is we had this one kid, and I'm not going to say his name, I'm trying to protect the innocent, <laughs> but he came in on a weight management program, so they gave him extra time to go to the gym to work out. Okay. And this dude, I don't know where he was from, I really don't, backwoods somewhere, because he had a real thick accent, and this fool... He would sneak food into the dorm. <laughs> no. He did. And we had a night raid. That's where all the TIs get together and make you clean up the dorm. And I don't, they don't do it anymore, I don't think. I don't know for sure. No, they did it when we were there. Yeah, but they raided us. I, I thought I was asleep. But all I remember, I had four flashlights shining on me. And they were like, Chief, get your blankety blank up out of this bed. You need to come over here now. I was in, I was still in the fall. But it was like, what, 2, 3 in the morning? Right. I'm in the fall, so I thought I was dreaming. I, I sat back. I I remember sitting up, and I was just sitting there <laughs> on the bed because I'm trying to figure out if this is a dream or this real. Right. And all of a sudden, I heard them taps come back around the corner. Click, 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 click. Man, my said, get your and now I'm, I'm up. So I go running around the corner in my flip flops and those stupid T-shirt and dog the uh, chain around your neck and everything. I run. They had. This airman in question, under it looked like this dude was under interrogation. All of, he had four flashlights <laughs> shining on him, and he, I looked at him. He's like in mid shoot. He looked out, looked like that singer had a full metal jacket. He's like, "Why are you having so and so eating in my dorm?" And I'm just like, "I have no answer." You know, and I'm like, "Sharon Bateman was ordered." I don't know. You don't know. And now I got three of them, three of the four, yelling at me now. And they're going back and forth. It, I didn't. It was the same. So they were like doing round robin. So they were all interchanged between all of us yelling. And <laughs> well, they don't want to get tired. No, <laughs> they're all yelling at all of us. They just they. Well, the rule is, I, they weren't allowed to turn the lights on. I know that. But all I remember is, <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, spilling it already. <laughs> this dude is still in mid shoe. You know. So they said, I'll tell you. They say, where's the and they where's the food? They move his pillow. You know, you're not allowed to touch airmen. Well, they weren't. Yeah, right. you're not. They couldn't put their hands on you. They can yell at you. So they make them sit up, and they go under his pillow. And now a Snickers wrapper falls out. 
So, of course, you go through the whole tirade, what the hell is this, baby? And I have no answer again. So, this is fine, let's go in this locker. So, they open the door. And this, I saw it out of the corner of my eye, because, of course, I'm standing there and locked up with attention. This lone bag of Skittles comes tumbling out of the locker <laughs> and hits the floor, and the bag just. It looks a mess out of the movie. Right, just spreads it back. Yeah, thank you. And you heard a little tick, 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 tick noise. The Skittles bouncing everywhere. Yeah. Now, the same T.I. that he and I were going back for with your mama jokes yesterday, now he's yelling at me behind this airman who had got food in the dorm, and now he's giving me the, the business. The third degree, I can feel the wind. I'm blinking because that's how loud he was yelling in my face. But the whole time he was yelling, all I could hear in my ear was that lone skittle in the corner still bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess between the early hours of the morning, I had I a delirium. I, don't, I lost it. <laughs> it wasn't doubled over laughing, but it was, it was good. Yeah. It was a good chuckle. And I guess that was enough because I remember like, he stopped yelling. And I saw the corner of his, his lip turn up in a, in a smile. He was like, baseball, get out of my face. <laughs> now. <laughs> I ran around the corner, and I, I didn't know exactly what had happened, but he ran into the restroom, and that's when he lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. They, they let me slide on that one. Cool. So you finished uh, basic training. Mm -hmm. and, uh, what was your first job after basic oh, training, your yeah. first base? Wow, my first base was Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota. They say, why not Minot? Because reason's the reason. But I was one of the last DDA, direct duty assignments. I went straight from basic training. Oh, you did? So no tech school? No tech school, no nothing. Okay. I had 10 days of leave, so I didn't go straight. I went home. I went from San Antonio to Dallas to go see my parents, and then from Dallas up to Minot. This is like... February. So you went from Texas to, to Minot in February. Exactly. When I left home in February, it was like 63, 64 degrees in like February 1992. Yeah. March. I got that March. Okay. So it was like 60-something degrees in Texas. We had, had I known you were able to go to basic training at this time, I would have done it. Because I was there for Christmas, New Year's, so those two weeks did not right. count. I was there for like Eight weeks. You know, big training is six weeks, so yeah, yeah, I had no clue that, oh, you talking about mad? So I had to stay there two months, so that's why it took right. so long for me to get from uh, through basic training to my night. But you skipped tech school. Right. I did. <laughs> I'd love to go to tech school because, from what I understood, it added to the experience of doing the military. But I guess when I cross-trained, well, we were skipping forward, when I cross-trained and actually saw what tech school was like, it wasn't bad to go DDA. Right. That's the end of part one of the interview. Two more parts coming up. I told you it would be worth it, and there's much more on the way. So by the time you listen to this, they should actually already be up, so you can continue listening. As always, please go to our website, www.blackvalor.net, and you can leave comments, feedback on our forums. As always, you can email me at blackvalor1010, the number 1010, at gmail.com. Additionally, you can leave us a review on iTunes, so that would be good so I can see how I'm doing. The link for iTunes is on the Black Valor website, or you can just search for Black Valor through the iTunes store.
and we are on Facebook and Twitter. So you can also leave comments or remarks on there. That's it for now. See you in a bit.